electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod, and I'm CNBC producer Cameron Costa. Today on our podcast, Keeping the Thread. Meta is taking on Twitter, and Instagram users are toying with a new social media app, Threads. The Wall Street Journal's personal tech columnist, Joanna Stern. I think this is a long game for Meta in the sense that it is looking to capture the time of people that it is are, that are already on Twitter and unhappy there or looking for an alternative. And the other talker of the day, how much do you tip? You used to give a tip, not just for good service, but also I think out of a moral obligation that you felt that the people who were doing this job effectively were being underpaid. Yeah. Right. Why we do it, how much we're doing it, and whether it's worth it. All about labor with Shake Shack founder Danny Meyer. Inflation has done what politicians could never do, and it brought people back to the labor force. Those conversations plus a billionaire's about face on vaccines. News alert, Bill Ackman has another waking thought, and he's got a lot of money. It's Thursday, July 6th, 2023, and Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand back by in three, two, one, cue it, please. Good morning. Welcome to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. We are live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. All three of us here. Wow. Priority in the summer. Oh, and is that yellow? Yeah, it is. How do we do it? Great Matching, part. yeah. There you go. There. Like Sorry. A, yeah. <laughs> the blue One of nice these too. is not the like the summer. other. No, but Thanks. that looks uh, in combo, as it you does. can see blue right and there. It looks good together. It's really good. You're going to um, go on this thing? I'm on it. Are you? I need I'm to on it. it. I haven't done it yet. I've, You're going to go on it? I was on it last it. night. And if everyone's like, Instagram he's anyway. on it. It's oh, not, man. you know, some kind of drug. It's oh. called Meta Platforms' new Threads. Uh, it's its Twitter-like app. It debuted last night. It was supposed to really, I think, debut officially today. Originally, the billing, uh, they're billing the service as Instagram's text-based conversation app. People will be able to follow the same threads. It's actually what makes it so easy in terms of onboarding it is you actually can just follow anybody you are already following on Instagram and reply to their public posts in a similar way that you might through Twitter. Although Threads is linked to Instagram, it's actually a separate app, so it's not it's like a there's a button in, in Instagram itself. Uh, but um, it's, it's what, pretty does cool. It feel, does it feel like looks, Twitter? Looks, feels almost exactly like Twitter, if not possibly. I don't know if it's better than Twitter in terms of all the different features and whatnot. I'm sure there's still features they're, they're trying to work out. Um, Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg ending his 11-year Twitter silence, tweeting this meme. That's the episode of Spider-Man where right. there was a fake Spider-Man. And this morning on Threads, see, I'm already that's I'm already there. That's yeah. I was uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, you can't say tweeting, so I think you should say threading, threading? maybe. Oh, that's stupid. Or posting, posting. Should we go yeah, with posting? posting? Yeah. Uh, posting that they already had something like seven or eight million downloads 
Jeff I heard since this morning 10 last million. night. Was it 10 million? Yeah, I heard the latest update that, I heard was 10 million. The newest, the um, newest, the latest and greatest, but it's you wouldn't know the difference. The, the only thing very, I really care ways. about is does it change the authentic, uh, authentication process? Is there a way because the thing that uh, the reason I'm using Twitter less I think is because I don't know who's what. Everybody is yep, shouting. They have the old old blue check like mark I'm system. I every time I read it. The old blue check mark system that was that that applies to that currently applies to Instagram applies to Twitter. How do you get a, how do you get a blue check mark? I don't know, but that I mean in terms of there's he doesn't know how he got his last blue check mark. But so. the good news about the blue check mark system is it's not, I don't know, good news, bad news. Depends who you are, I guess. Yeah, yeah right. Is I don't it, want one. You don't want one. They told but you. in terms of the way they've, they've done it is uh, it's very similar to the way Twitter had done it. So it's not a paid system. It's based on proving that you are who you whether say they you think are. you're a verified person and whether they think that you're an expert in your so field. So anyone that is. I'm following on Instagram, I can immediately be followed. See, that doesn't help me. That because my numbers would still be zero. Still be so zero. I, I don't follow a lot of people right. on Instagram. I, but I don't have a bit Instagram. more. Product. But I will say, what's and this goes to the sort of town square idea. What I fear about this is a little bit of what Walter Isaacson was saying yesterday. He puts it so hard on the scale and is so dismissive, like cisgender type tweets, that he may help balkanize social media, which I know he doesn't want. Balkanize it so that the left and the right go to different social media places. You could see a complete balkanization of how this could go. Yeah. Meaning the idea that you could actually even have a town square if this one actually oh, no. works. Fox CNN. There's Fox people and CNN people. I don't know people. if it's going to be like that. It just may break down along different lines in terms of certain... What other lines actions. are there? There's it's some people who are already, yeah. already posting. Yeah. I mean, aggressively posting on, on threads. I mean, people who were on Twitter, you can see that they've moved. I don't know if they're yeah, duplicating. Yeah, but I, I don't want it to be the anti-Twitter either. That's it's the, not trying to be. I don't think it's, I don't know if it's trying to be the anti-Twitter. But anyway, I'm very excited to see what they do. I think it's actually going to create a nice little competition race between the two of them. News alert, Bill Ackman has another waking thought, and he's got a lot of money, so you need to pay attention. Uh, this has to do with uh, an about-face on vaccine policy. In 2021, he said, delaying COVID vaccinations for older Americans seemed like genocide, in his words. Now he says that he listened to Democratic presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on several podcasts in a town hall, and though he raised important and thought he raised important issues about vaccines, Ackman said he doesn't think we fully answered questions about the safety of all vaccines, particularly some that have been uh, recently approved, I guess we're talking about the mRNA vaccines. But when asked if he believed uh, Kennedy should be president, Ackman said, I don't know yet, but I think he's asking important questions uh, and raising interesting issues that are worthy of discussion and debate. I'll just say with, with thimerosal and mercury uh, in, in his contention that, that autism, the rise in it is, is linked to that, there's, there's been countries over in Europe that have completely gotten rid of all thimerosal and mercury and any vaccine delivery and the autism rates are still the same. So it, it's almost reminds me of the cell phone brain cancer um, fears where if you did point zero 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 one times the number of people using cell phones, you, there'd be a virtual explosion of brain cancer. It just doesn't match up. I don't know what's happening with autism, whether it's diagnosing or, or whether it's, I, I have no idea, but I don't think it's thimerosal. But vaccines, um, you know, with myocarditis and heart inflammation, COVID itself 
10 times the level of heart inflammation. So, okay, the vaccine may, in some cases, cause some myocarditis. But if you got COVID, it's probably 10. So I didn't, it's all give and take. I don't know what else needs necessarily to be, to be studied, but a lot of people are jumping on the bandwagon with this guy about, about vaccines, right. about vac- things that... Meantime, <laughs> things, that like Twitter couldn't, that. things that Twitter couldn't put on their website because the government told them not to, which is we're back to our original discussion because you couldn't see you have, any of that. You have vaccine aversion, like Scott Gottlieb said, you were very likely right. to have hey, it. And you've got polio that's back in Rockland County. I will t- totally tell you that the, the, the intentions of trying to get people to take the vaccine during the middle of the COVID pandemic, the, they, the government was well-intentioned, but that doesn't mean it's not paving a path to hell which happens a lot with good intentions. New survey data finding that 30% of Americans think that tipping culture is out of control. I think I'm gonna add myself to that list. Uh, This is according to a bank rate survey that found that two thirds of people have a negative view about tipping, particularly when it comes to contactless and digital payment prompts with predetermined tipping options. These are uh, point of sale, Programs like Toast, you probably see them at, at lots of different stores now. It said in its most recent report that tipping at sit-down restaurants is held That's steady. Yeah. Got no problem with that. No. But tips at quick service restaurants fell to a five-year low of 16.7% of the first quarter of the year. That to me is surprising that it fell, given that every time I seem to go to one of these restaurants, now I'm it. now right. paying 25%. Or 20, oh, you know, it's, it's 20, 25, lie. 30. Don't lie. I, I don't it says 5, 10, 15, and maybe I'll do 10. For 5, 10, 15, where, what at stores a, are at, you at shopping at? At a pizza place. Well, like at a, pizza when place. you show up at a, at just to oh, pick up like a Domino's yeah. or something. In, when you in, go in to get it. In this city, for whatever reason, I always try. just 25%. I, it's often 20, 25, 30%. At a restaurant. picking up your own food? Oh, my God. It's crazy. picking up food? Yes, at all sorts of things. What is the standard even at Starbucks these days? 5, 10, 15 is what yeah. they offer on it. In the city? Are you uh, sure? I, 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 I think it Starbucks might be 10, 15, 20. I mean, the real, I don't go to Starbucks the thing that's so fascinating to me about this is you used to give a tip, not just for good service, but also, I think, out of a moral obligation that you felt that the people who were doing this job effectively were being underpaid. Yeah. Right. If you, and and I, I'm not suggesting they still aren't underpaid, but one of the things that actually has happened over the last two, Pain three, and four years is, is it's gone up. We, we have a friend who, who owns an ice cream store, and some of the kids that are working at the store now, because of the tipping, are getting paid $25 and $30 an hour. Yeah. I don't think that when I went into those stores and, and was pressing these buttons that I ever thought that the kid was getting paid $25 or $30 an hour. That was just not even in my... Well, I'm just glad it's finding its way to, to those people. Half the time, I just figured it just... You know, the prices are just 10% higher. You know, you know the craziest thing I've ever seen for a tipping suggestion? I bought something online for a small company I'd right. never heard of before, and they suggested a tip. On the, the website? On the website where I'm purchasing it. Here, do you want, I said no to that. Like, right. are you kidding me? You don't need to raise prices. You just put that little thing in there. Well, you raise prices it, and you put that thing yeah, in there. Yeah, but when you go in, and, and then, you know, if you go to the place a lot, you know, a lot of times I'm like... I always yeah, tip because the they know you're coming back. Yeah, yeah but the, for the places in my town where I go, I always. That's tip what I mean. Yeah. It's always if it. But at, at Domino's. So okay, so here's the, the question. When you pick it up, I mean, when the guy comes, it might be yeah. different. But when you oh, go when in the guy to comes, pick you it up, absolutely tip him. Right, but when 
Right, so here's the question. You are, and we have a lot of small business owners here. I'm actually curious when we talk to Danny Meyer what he has to say about this. He, he of course, he's going to be on the broadcast later. He, of course, tried to get rid of tipping, if you remember, yeah. and build it into all of the restaurant fees. That, well, because that, it, it, it's not fair to the people in the, the back because they, they ended, don't get the tips. But they ended up doing that. Yeah. It, it, did, it actually didn't work. But where I was going to go with this is, let's say you're paying, I don't know, you're paying $18, $20 an hour, whatever you're paying at, at, at the store. Then you invest in these service in, in the toast machines, and then all of a sudden the number is now thirty percent, or, or you're getting, or they're getting thirty dollars an hour. Name whatever your number is. There's a big question about whether they should actually, and, and I know people who I know small business owners who've even talked about this. Do they lower the hourly fee that they're paying right. because the tips have actually moved up? It depends on how are they the supposed, job market is. Are they is supposed it, to take a piece of the, work for less? But, the, but the whole tipping culture has has changed. By the way, this is a uniquely American situation. It's a, tight, it's a tight job it, You market. don't tip a cab. The guy over in, in Paris, if you give the cabbie, he's like, you right. overpaid me. Right. Yeah. Here, the restaurant, like, restaurants in, in Europe, maybe 10% or right. not at all. Some, sometimes not at all. Right. It's very interesting. And that's why I'm always very interested, interested in tipping as a as a sort of a moral suasion issue, because what about, it's interesting that do we do it money? here, but you don't do it in most other how parts of the world. Honestly, do you, how often do you leave a, a, they have better, a... They have better health care. You leave a 20 in the Perhaps hotel that's room? that's the answer, but... You leave a 20 in the hotel room every time? I do, yes. 20, um, and by the way, we've had... Uh, who was it? Barry Stone? Jonathan or somebody Tish, told us not. Yeah, Jonathan Tish. They said they don't do it at all. They said they do do it. Jonathan. Somebody else told no, us. No, they said they don't. Barry says he does Barry. Well, it's Barry versus John. No, no, and the CEO of... The CEO of Hilton says you are not expected to because the cleaning services and God bless them are being. They believe that That's they're being. That's the place I feel this, like. But this goes to the moral. It's like this, hard work. Is it a moral question? This is why is it a moral or economic question? You can tip. Maybe they're still going to change the comforter. That's still going to be the same. Yeah, one but guess what? Doing. If you forget anything there, you're not getting it back if you don't leave a tip. And you're still not getting it back. No, I've, I've had the yeah. return stuff. Cheese will be next. Next on Squawk Pod, there's another social media app to add to your scrolling regimen. We're talking Meta's pitch for threads and unpacking the launch of Zuckerberg's Twitter rival with The Wall Street Journal's personal tech columnist, Joanna Stern. There's a huge leg up here for threads because it integrates with Instagram. So yes, I followed you as soon as I basically logged in because I follow you on Instagram. The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner. Mixed with blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar for the perfect balance of sweet, salty, and sour every time. Discover legendary taste with Cayman Jack, America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. You're listening to Squawk Pod. Good morning and welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC, live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Joe Kernan, along with Becky Quick and Andrew Ross Sorkin. 
Meta launching that text-based Twitter competitor we're talking about. It is called Threads. It started last night. There's a day ahead of schedule. It comes days after Elon Musk said that Twitter would temporarily limit the number of tweets that users can read on the platform, leading some users to seek an alternative. Joining us right now, Joanna Stern, Wall Street Journal senior personal technology columnist and a CNBC contributor. I followed you last night. I don't know if you saw. I don't know if you followed me, but I'm on threads oh, with you. So what do you think? I think it's good. I think it's really good. I think it's pretty funny that all that talk of the metaverse and Mark Zuckerberg's possibly most popular product in years is a text-based app. But I think it's good. And I followed you right back. I'll follow is, everyone on the show. Is it a long-term? I mean, is it a long-term thing? Somebody wrote, as I was looking at it, kind of 4.30 this morning, they said this sort of has Clubhouse vibes. Clubhouse, of course, being that, that uh, voice audio product, social product that was hot for about a minute, unfortunately, for them during, during the pandemic, but quickly sort of lost steam. I think, it, I think it has an early days of any social media service vibes, which means everyone's excited, everyone's there, and there's a huge leg up here for threads because it integrates with Instagram. So yes, I followed you as soon as I basically logged in because I follow you on Instagram. I logged into my new account on threads. I then was able to follow everyone I follow on Instagram. So you're there already with all your Instagram friends, and then you're finding your Twitter friends, and you're finding maybe your Facebook friends. And so it's, it's a pretty exciting place right now. Staying power is the big question, but I really don't think this is a huge or a mass appeal bet for Zuckerberg. This is really about capturing, capturing some more time of its already existing user base. Do you think, from an advertising perspective, that advertisers are going to flock to this? Have they built a better mousetrap? And I don't see any advertising on, on this currently. Maybe, maybe you are. Do we think that they have built... I mean, people have long said the problem with Twitter from an advertising perspective was that the mousetrap, just the, 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 the construction of how advertising even works on Twitter, doesn't have the same efficacy as it does on Facebook and the way they... I mean, look, I, I click on Instagram ads and, and other things. I, don't, I haven't historically clicked on Twitter ads. Do you think that's going to change the format here? So answer your first question, there are no ads right now. I spoke to, to Meta's VP of product yesterday. They said they wanted to launch this without ads. It is very clear ads is going to come, obviously. They're going to have a user base here, and it's growing quickly, and they're going to want to monetize it. I agree with you. Twitter has not been a great ad experience, and maybe if Meta can innovate here, and they haven't done much innovation here, right? This really is a Twitter clone. I mean, it's a lot of copying and pasting from Twitter. Maybe the innovation that Meta can bring to this space is in advertising. Maybe it is more dynamic ads. Maybe it is more visual ads than we've had on Twitter. And certainly, yes, to your point, Andrew, you already look at ads on Instagram. So bringing that ad base over is not going to be difficult for and them. What is, what is your sense of just the, the product and feature set itself? I mean, one of the things that that Elon Musk is doing, and I know he gets a lot of criticism, but there's been a lot more innovation at Twitter over the last six months than there had been over the last even six years. I mean, even just in the past couple of days, I can now fi finally watch a video on my phone off of Twitter and be outside of the Twitter app. The, at the, it seems like Threads at this point is, I don't want to say bare bones, but it doesn't have all the feature sets that Twitter does just yet. It does not have 
half the the features that the the Twitter app has. And I my column coming this morning lists a lot of them. For one, there's no following feed. There's no ability to sort of if I just follow these certain people, see that feed. It's right now a chrono. It's right now a algorithmic feed. So there's no chronology to it. There is no edit button. There is no direct messaging. There are no hashtags. So there's a laundry list of things that Meta has to do here, but not very hard things, right? They have them in their other apps. Plus, they wanted, I think, to justify that they had that user base. And according to Mark Zuckerberg last night, in the first four hours, they had 5 million signups. Not the size of Twitter yet, obviously not the size of the 2 billion people per day on Instagram, but a good size. Yeah, no, and Becky was mentioning, I think it's now doubled That's overnight. What I, heard I think this we're at, oh, we're at, we're at 10 million. We might I be heard. at 10 million oh, here. On another new See, service. Off threads, off threads for a few hours and look at See, that. See, it, it doubles. A final question then in terms of just innovation and speed of innovation, obviously we're watching what's happening at Twitter with how quickly Elon's trying to push his team and those engineers. How quickly do you think all those features that you just listed will take to get on to something like, uh, not Instagram, but threads rather? I think weeks for some of them, months for some of them. But again, I think this is a long game for, for Meta in the sense that it is looking to capture the time of people that it is are, that are already on Twitter and unhappy there or looking for an alternative and already on Instagram. So with those two things combined, I think that Meta can capture quite a bit of time from maybe it's not as big of a user base, but it is still a solid user base. Right. Joanna, it's great to see you this morning. See you on threads you and too. Twitter and Instagram. and Nobody has ever built, by the way, a better mousetrap, just so you know. No. Same, they are exactly oh, like they pieces of wood with the piece of metal. I bought four of them for $1.99, but now I feel bad about the mouse because it reminds me of my dogs, you know, because I love. I, you love animals. I felt bad, but, you know, someone said, you need to, in the middle of the night, you need to catch this mouse. It's like, really? How do you do that in the middle of the night? Good luck. Andrew is already on threads. He's at Sorkin Says. We have a little thing now where you can tip us. So whether you want to do 10 <laughs> or 15. Still to come on Squawk Pod, we're getting a read on consumers and on the labor force with Shake Shack founder Danny Meyer. At this point, most of us have not only hired back well over 100% of those who couldn't work, but we're like a vacuum cleaner gobbling up any human being who will come to our industry. We'll be right back. The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner with blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar. Discover legendary tastes with America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois. This is Squawk Pod. Good morning and welcome back to Squawk Box right here on CNBC Live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Andrew Sorkin along with Becky Quick and Joe Kernan. Let's talk to a guy who knows about what's going on in the economy, sees it every single day for a look at the state of the consumer, restaurants, New York City, and so much more. Joining us right now, Danny Meyer. He's the founder and executive chairman of United Square Hospitality Group. He's also the founder and chairman of Shake Shack. Danny, it's great to see you. I don't know if you've been listening to a little bit of our conversation this morning. We, I want to talk to you about tips uh, as well, but... So curious about where you think we really are in the economy, what kind of inflation feelings you're having when it comes to the consumer, when it comes to the uh, you know, hiring and the like? The, the cost of goods sold is definitely coming down. The cost of labor is remaining steadily high. 
And interestingly, from our standpoint, Andrew, inflation has done what the politicians could never do, and it brought people back to the labor force. As you, as you well know, during COVID, our entire industry was on its knees. Nobody could work at the beginning, and then nobody wanted to work after that in the industry. And at this point, most of us have not only hired back well over 100% of those right. uh, who, who couldn't work, but we're like a vacuum cleaner gobbling up any human being who will uh, who will come to our industry. And we need workers badly. But it's, so why do you think there's still such a shortage of of employees? And that clearly is still putting pressure, it sounds like, on the wage on the wage side of things. It is. And that's that's what I meant when I said earlier that the, the wages have gone up. That has brought back a lot more people into the industry, especially tipped employees, as, as I know you want to talk about. Right. Because tipped employees are making a, a percentage of menu prices, which have only gone up, which means that their wages have appreciably gone up over the last year and a half or so. What is the average price that you're paying on an hourly basis these days at I don't know. We could do the big restaurants or we could also do a Shake Shack. Well, if you're talking about uh, full service restaurants with yep. tipping, you're basically talking about minimum wage, which in New York State is approaching the exact same amount as. So I think most of your viewers know that there's an adjusted lower minimum wage for tipped employees, which is a shame. It should actually be the exact same thing. But in New York, it's approaching the same thing. So by the time you add the hourly weight rate plus tips, I would say that most tipped employees in a full service fine dining restaurant are approaching somewhere between thirty five to fifty dollars an hour. Thirty to fifty dollars an hour. OK, now uh, when it comes to a Rich Shake Shack, what does that look like? Well, Shake Shack all depends on each state being different. Shake Shack right. is roughly half the states in the United States. And they range from very, very uh, low amounts to, to right. much higher amounts, depending on where the state is. And, and at, at a Shake Shack, for example, we were talking about the toast devices that are now, um, you know, point of sale in so many locations where oftentimes it's offered, you know, 10 or even starts sometimes at 15 percent or 20 percent, 25 percent, 30 percent on the tip. Has that changed things? And do you do you do that at Shake Shack? Well, as you well know, technology has replaced the the tin cup that you would see at so many different uh, restaurants and coffee bars, et cetera, around the country. And I don't think I've ever seen anything as high as 30 uh, percent, not even the kind of restaurants that I like to go to in New York City. But Shake Shack instituted a tipping uh, opportunity for guests probably about a year and a half ago or so. And many guests opt in and many guests don't. And it's completely up as it and is do you do it as a, what, what are your percentages, the sort of um, suggested percentages? Um, I, I don't know, Andrew. Right. What, what, um, by the way, what do you think a, a fair tip is in this day and age? I feel like I'm tipping for the most yeah, part 20 percent. At a fine dining yeah, restaurant, know. I'm tipping about 20 percent these days. I think in a fine dining restaurant, most people tip 20 percent. I don't think most people change their tip based on whether the, the – uh, chicken took too long to get out of the kitchen. I think most people realize that the server is relying on tips because of the adjusted lower minimum wage and right. that the time of the meal has as much to do, if not more, with the kitchen than it has to do with the server. I think people appreciate warm hospitality. They appreciate right. a sense that you're on their side. 
and they they like to reward that. They don't What's like a proper to be tip if you go in and get a cup of coffee or food that you take out? It could be nothing, Becky. It could be you know. It, it, if you're just taking out food and it was just a transaction, I give you money, you give me a cup of coffee. I don't think there's any obligation to tip whatsoever. What do you think about, we're talking about sort of the more, the, is it a moral issue? I feel oftentimes I end up tipping in a lot of cases because I feel that the people are being underpaid or as you're describing, it's part of the, the, the transaction. But then one of the, I mean, and look, we can argue that even $50 an hour is still too little. I'm sure some people might argue that. Some people say $50 is a lot of money per hour uh, to-, to, to let's, be, let's be very clear, by the way, when I, when I said it could get as high as $50 an hour, I'm talking about full service fine dining restaurants. I think when you get to the fast casual restaurants around the country, it doesn't come close to approaching that. I just wanna be clear about that. Right. Um, what, you, know, you did something very unique where at one point uh, with, uh, w- with some of your restaurants, you were not going to have tipping at all. It was going to be built into the price. And then you backed away from that. What happened? Well, we did it for five years. And what happened was COVID. Uh, it was going pretty well, although I will say the math was incredibly difficult. Not many restaurants around the country joined in. And so what it meant was that the price on our menu included everything. It didn't just include the cost of the food and the beverage and the linens and the flowers and the rent and the insurance and the cooks. It also now included paying for all of the people who bring the food to you, the bartenders, the waiters, the busboys, et cetera. And furthermore, we were a little bit ambitious because we also included a retirement plan. We included full family leave opportunities um, for both the, so we got a little bit, uh, I, I would say ambitious about what we wanted to do. And by the time we did this, the prices we could charge on our menus was not enough to cover all the things we wanted to do while remaining competitive. So when COVID came and people could not work in this industry and didn't necessarily want to work in this industry, we found that it was almost inhumane to tell our servers, you must tell the guest who wants to tip you, because people did want to tip a lot at the beginning when, when COVID, when we could finally come back to eat. It was inhumane to tell our servers, you may not accept that expression of gratitude. In fact, you must tell the guest you're not allowed to say thank you. So we scrapped it. What we did do, and this is important, is we didn't want to erode the gains we had made because kitchen employees are not eligible legally to receive tips. It's crazy, but they're not. And so what we now do is in addition to reestablishing tipping in the dining rooms, we provide a percentage of our revenues each night to our kitchen workers so that on a busy night, they too can, can do very well. Danny, we, I don't know whether you saw the headshot we're using, so we want a tip uh, from you. Uh, we just, we, we got a little tip shot. You got to tip him. You got to tip the guest. He's not tipping the host. No, I'm saying for showing this, this beautiful, look at that headshot. Look at that young oh. guy there. So Venmo us, Danny, or not. All right. And pay taxes on provide me a number. Provide me a number, and I'll, yeah. I'll give you the okay. tip that I think you deserve. Do you have a Venmo number, Danny? It's great to see you. I'm going to always. I'm going to put. You got to come on back. We, this tipping thing is a. It's a big debate. A lot of people online talking about it right now. All right, this is here. The tip jar. Do you think that there's a moral sort of duty to tip when here at Squawk Box? I'd, I was saying I, I have a moral I, duty at certain places where I think that people no, are no, underpaid. No, no, I'm not sure. Here. Do you think I that's going to be We get accused of, char- of... I was going to say, this can be construed as pay-to-play. I know. And we get accused of, of that our guests pay us to come on. I mean, people... 
will believe anything. But um, you can tip with mints. There's mints in here. I'll, I'll accept candy, jelly beans. I don't know Bacon. about, I'd like them individually wrapped. That's the podcast for today. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard today, we are currently accepting tweets as tips. Send us your feedback at Squawk CNBC. You got to put a Venmo number on there, too. Uh, yeah. In a new world. They don't run around with cash. Will you not accept Bitcoin, either one of you? You just don't even want it because it's worthless? Seriously, just tweets. Catch Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin hosting our live TV broadcast every weekday morning on CNBC starting at 6 a.m. Eastern. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner. With blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar. Discover legendary tastes with America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois.